Ever feel like running your own beauty business is like trying to keep juggling balls in the air whilst making dinner and solving an algebra equation all at the same time? One minute you're performing a calming massage, the next you're listening to your client's latest family drama whilst carefully applying their lashes, and at the same time trying to figure out how you're going to get to all those emails that you need to return by the end of today. If only there was a way to make it all just a little bit easier. Creating the beauty business that you dream of doesn't have to take over your life. It's all about mastering some basic principles and putting in place strategies to give your business the strong foundation it needs to build from. Throw in the right mindset, a handful of proven systems, being willing to stretch your comfort zone just a little and knowing how to promote and market yourself properly and your success is inevitable. The problem is that's not what they taught you when you were learning your skills. So that's what I'm here for. Welcome to the Beauty Business Podcast. Now with over half a million downloads worldwide, it's the number one podcast for the independent beauty business owner, dedicated to helping you grow your business, to get the clients and the money that you want without all the stress and the worry. Now, my name is Adam Chatterley, and I've been helping spas and salons all over the world to succeed for over 20 years now. And I'm going to help you transform your business starting today. Welcome to the Beauty Business Podcast, episode number 95. Hey, how are you doing? How's life going as an entrepreneur these days? Yes, I hate the word too, certainly when people actually use it to describe what they do, but like it or not, as a business owner, you are an entrepreneur. Now, by saying no to being employed, to taking the risk to go it on your own, you, my dear listener, are an entrepreneur with all the fun and the games and the rewards that come with it. Now, it might feel like the rewards have been a little bit thin on the ground recently. It's certainly been a very tough time going over the last few months. Now, whilst I'm 100% confident that things are going to get better, it isn't going to necessarily happen overnight. And in the meantime, how on earth are you still supposed to get everything done? Now, it's often said that being a business owner is like keeping plates spinning in the air or wearing lots of hats. Well, I think that at times it can even feel like you're wearing lots of hats whilst trying to keep lots of plates spinning in the air. Now, as you have to do not only the work in your salon, but a lot of salon owners also end up doing their own admin, their own marketing, emails, bookkeeping, accounts. The list goes on and on and on. But what if that wasn't the way that it had to be? What if you could outsource some or all of those tasks to someone else? And better still, what if you could pass those skills on to someone that does it better than you do and for less money than it costs you to do it yourself? Not possible, I hear you say. Well, all too often, I hear the same backwards logic of business owners saying that they're saving money by doing things themselves. Now, I'm calling that hashtag backwards logic. And here's what I mean. So let's say you've got one hour of time remaining in your day today, and you've got a bunch of admin stuff that needs doing today. Otherwise, I don't know, something bad's going to happen. Now, it just so happens it's going to take you an hour. So you do it yourself to save yourself money. However, you could spend that time performing a treatment or a service on a client, which might earn you £50 or $80. But worth hiring someone to do that admin work for you might even cost £25 an hour or $40 an hour. Ooh, that sounds expensive. Wait a minute. If you could earn £50 or $80 performing a treatment or a service, pay that $25 or $40 to get the admin work done. And then you've got all the work done and you're still £25 or $40 better off. So now who's saving money by doing it yourself? And what's more, if you hire someone at this rate to do the admin work, then the chances are they're going to be better at it than you and they'll possibly get it done in less time, which means they even have spare time to do other work for you, maybe tomorrow's admin. 
Now, outsourcing is nothing new. I've talked about it here on the show before, back in episode 44. However, there's a new kid on the block called OBM. No, not IBM, makers of old boxy beige computer equipment. I'm talking OBM. Now, what is this, you ask? How can it help me save on my admin? And what else can it do for me? Well, here to help explain everything today, I'm joined by Victoria Tretis. Rhymes with lettuce, spelt like Tetris. PA turned VA, VA turned OBM, OBM turned OBM coach. So many letters to deal with. Now, it's all about getting more done with less time, making more money, doing less work. So if that sounds good to you, then listen along as Victoria explains all. So I would like to welcome to the show today, Victoria Tretis. Thank you very much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Excellent. So we are talking about, uh, well, it's interesting actually, because we we sort of have have had conversations about doing an episode together for quite a while now, actually. Um, and in just that time, you know, your journey has changed as well, hasn't it? So you've, you've sort of had a few things. So originally what we were going to talk about was we were going to expand on an episode that I did a while ago talking about VAs, virtual assistants, and how they can help uh, even in small businesses as well. Um, but since then, you've kind of taken it to a, another level, um, introducing me to terms I've never heard about before. Um, so before we kind of get into that, uh, Victoria, can you kind of give us a little bit of your your backstory? Because this industry is not completely unfamiliar to you either. Um, so give us a bit of a, a backstory into you and how you've arrived at where you are today. Yeah, sure. So um I have always been in a kind of behind the scenes role. I really excel at organization planning. That's where my key strengths are. So I've been fortunate enough to be able to build a career off that as well. So I started off as an office junior, then an executive assistant, and I've worked in the Midlands. I went over to Australia for a while, and then I settled in London. Now, while I was down there, I actually... um, fell in love with somebody here in Nottingham, which is where I am now. So I was doing that crazy commute between London and Nottingham. Wow. Um, and unfortunately, the role I was in at the moment, uh, sorry, at the time, wasn't open to a remote option. You couldn't work from home. There was very much a, you had to be in the office to do your role. So I had a, we had our daughter in early 2013, and actually my role was made redundant from London. Okay. So in a way, that caused a whole load of problems, but it also <laughs> solved a whole load of problems. Um, but what that meant was that I had to find work quite quickly after having my daughter. And I really struggled to find an executive assistant office manager role here in the Midlands. Okay. So I was chatting with a friend and she said, well, I work from home. I have clients and my boss, he just gives me the clients and I am an executive assistant from home. She's like, do you want me to have a conversation with him to see if I can get you on the team? I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, that sounds amazing. (laughs) So I came on board with her. Our boss gave us the client and I was literally an executive assistant working from home. Now, in hindsight, that was a virtual assistant. I just didn't know it at the time. So I was working for clients on a um, ad hoc basis or on an hourly basis where they just needed some extra support behind Mm -hmm. the scenes. So it could have been things like, diary management or social media graphics or general kind of organizing behind the scenes. Um, So I did that for a few years and then I actually came across the VA term and that was when I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I've been doing all along. And I thought I am ready to build my own dreams rather than build somebody else's. So I set up my own business in 2016 as a virtual assistant. Um, 
And then the path from there has been really interesting because I've worked with some amazing clients, including those in the spa and wellness industry, which is how you and I crossed paths a few Absolutely, years ago. Yeah. Um, and then in recent years, I've moved kind of up the virtual career ladder, if you will, and I've moved into an online business manager space. So this is where I now work with the business owner on a real strategic level. So the business owner has the vision of where they want the business to go. They have the what. And I bring the how. How are we going to get there? How are we going to see that vision through to fruition? Um, and now I also have training for VAs who want to make that jump themselves. So it's all super exciting, but it is all key on being that support person behind the scenes so that the business owner really is freed up to do the things that they're really good at. Mm-hmm. Cool. Excellent. So, um, I mean, a few things there. Obviously, you mentioned working from home. Now we're in a very strange situation nowadays where <laughs> where just a few months ago, working from home was absolutely not the norm for most people. And in just a very short period of time, um, it, it's it's become a lot more normal and, and very much seems to be going that way as well. Um, so in terms of then uh, the sort of tasks, you know, you've mentioned that you've worked with VAs before and things. So what sort of tasks were they doing to help um, support smaller businesses? Because I, I know one thing when I've, when I've mentioned, because I have a couple of VAs that work for me. And when I've mentioned that to kind of quote unquote more traditional um, business owner friends of mine, they've, this term is not common knowledge at all still in, in mainstream. And they immediately couldn't get their heads around how, you know, someone who's never been in your business, visited your business, worked for your business, but kind of been inducted by your business, how they can possibly, um, you know, actually help with things. So what are kind of some of the common tasks that a VA performs? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. And just going back to your point about some business owners maybe not being too familiar with the term, you know, I can assure you it is a business model that absolutely works. Mm. It's not... um, it's not plug and play. You can't just get a VA on your team and they're going to be adding loads of value and ticking through tasks from the off. There is a time investment perspective. But pretty much if there's a task that you don't know how to do or you know isn't a good use of your time or you can do, but actually you're not very good at it, then it probably makes sense to outsource in some way, shape or form. And whether that is to a virtual assistant or some other kind of freelance expert, what it does is it frees you up to do the things that actually bring the money in. So doing the treatments, meeting the clients, all of that good stuff, uh, it, it it keeps you focusing on those revenue generating activities rather yeah. than pulling you into all of the behind the scenes admin and backlog. Got it. Excellent. And I think the other thing as well to highlight, and, and I want to get your feedback on this is, I think a lot of people also um, kind of compare the, the VA role to a more traditional PA role. And I think something else that I've heard people think is that they assume that a, a virtual assistant is, you know, has to be a full-time um, role within the company. And that's not really the case at all, is it? I mean, you, you can start from a very small amount of time commitment. Yeah, absolutely. And now it is true that some people with a personal um, personal assistant or an executive assistant background like me, go into a VA role because it's almost like a natural progression. But mm-hmm. really, as long as you have really strong admin and organization skills, it doesn't really matter what your background is. Um, and the great beauty of working with a VA is that you can buy as little as, say, one hour a month. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't need to be huge amounts of money. Or it could be that you only need a VA on your team when you've got a seasonal spike. So let's say, for instance, when everything did reopen, 
um, with COVID, mm. you know, maybe you buy, I don't know, 20 hours worth of a VA's time and they sort out all your social media graphics. They get all your posters ready for your salon, you know, mocking things up in Canva or they schedule some emails to go out to your email list if you have them. So they can, the good thing about having a VA is that you have that kind of flexibility to um, to support you through those seasonal spikes within your business. And going back to your point about um, a full-time person, because VAs charge by the hour, and here in the UK, it's about £27 an hour for somebody who's self-employed. So if you need somebody full-time, it's actually more cost efficient to probably get an employee who Mm -hmm. you're putting through your payroll. Um, Because at least then you know that that person is dedicated purely to your business. They're working on your business full time for the hours that you contract them for, because a VA will always be juggling multiple clients. Yes, got it. Cool. Okay. Um, So we mentioned there as well that you've now moved into the OBM online business manager role. So um, what are the key differences then in, in terms of what an OBM would do versus a VA? And is there any difference in sort of the number of clients you would tend to work for in yeah. both roles? Yeah, that's a really good question. So if you think of a VA as being very task-driven and very mm-hmm. reactive. So I mentioned earlier that a VA isn't plug and play and that you do need to invest some time, energy and effort into making sure yeah. that they know what it is that they're doing. So in your head, you would have a process, you would get the process out of your head and you would give it to the VA so that they are replicating work to the standard and quality that you expect. Mm-hmm. So it's very task-driven, very reactive. An online business manager, by comparison, would be sitting down with you to work out what is the strategy for your business? Where are you going And then almost pairing it back and going, okay, what pieces of the puzzle are we missing? What do we need to put into place? And who do we maybe need on the team in order to see that through to fruition? So for instance, let's say you want to have a new website for your salon. You can't just do that in a day. There needs to be some research into, okay, do we need a copywriter? You know, do we need new graphics? Do we need new headshots for people? Do we need to get some licensing um, image rights for the products that we're using on the website. So there's like a whole project plan that can be formed in order to make sure that that website is launched. And then you as the business owner, you just want to know that that's done. You don't want to be bothered by the nitty gritty detail. You just want to know that everything's happening at the right time by the right people. So the role of the OBM is to oversee all of that process so that the um, so that the, the the client isn't involved in all of those moving pieces. They're just there to see it through and, and manage it, I guess. Yeah. No, I love that. And I think a lot of people might, if, if this is something brand new to you in terms of a sort of the, a concept, um, I think once you've worked with any sort of VA on a, on, like you say, on a task basis, um, I think it's easier to see how a, an online business manager could help because if you could just give them a problem that you've got and then they just take it off your hands and run with it, even though there's going to be a bigger investment there. You know, that that sense of freedom in terms of I've just I've handed that off, I've explained what I need, we'll check in every now and then and it's just going to get done. Hopefully, obviously, if you trust the online business manager you're working with. Um, so that's great. I, I love that idea and I love the progression as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really important from a um, 
a VA perspective to know that there are other options as well, but also from a client perspective so that you know that you, you there are different levels of support yeah. and it really does depend on where you are in your business and what you need as to what kind of investment you're going to make for that. Yeah, and it's it really is a whole other world. I, I, I was told, um, so my own journey with with uh, having a VA, um, I went to a, I knew about them. It was it was very much part of my world in terms of the, the online um, training community. Lots of people were talking about having VAs. And I went to a conference over in the States and um, we did these things called uh, hot seats every day. And we kind of break into little small working groups and we just sort of talk about a, a, our businesses and what we were doing. And, and the point wasn't necessarily to give give everyone a problem and have them help you solve it. It was just sort of to almost get an outside perspective on on your business. So I just remember one day I sat down and I said, oh, well, this is what I do in my business. I do these four things and I explained why I did. And everybody who was sat around me just went, why on earth have you not got a VA? I was like, oh, because, you know, and I gave all the standard, you know, excuses. Oh, I, you know, it won't be done as well. You know, oh, I'll have to pass on all the knowledge and, and all these excuses. And, and I think they actually made me, they said, right, within seven days of you getting back to England, get a VA. And that was my task. I actually accidentally ended up hiring two. Um, but from, from the very first day, I couldn't believe how much they brought to the table immediately. And yes, things weren't necessarily immediately done the way that I would have done them. But actually quite often they were done better <laughs> and yeah. more quickly and on time. And they were done rather than me keeping them in my head. So it's definitely one of those things that you can sort of talk yourself out of for a long period of time. And until you actually give it a try and accept that this is a genuinely, you know, normal way of doing business nowadays. Yeah, definitely. And I think your approach to it was right in the sense that, you know, your colleagues were saying, Adam, this, this isn't a good use of your time, you know, so a really nice way of thinking about it is, you know, how much, how much do I normally charge per hour versus yep. how much am I going to pay the VA? Because it really needs to be considered as an investment, yep. not a cost. Because if you're, if you're coming at it from a cost perspective, it's always going to be expensive. You're always going to feel like there's a resistance. So it needs to feel like a good investment to your business because it means that you can spend more time doing the stuff that you do best. Because let's face it, none of us go into business because we really want to do our bookkeeping or we really <laughs> want to do our own, I don't know, our own social media say. We can do them, but that's not actually what brings us money in. And it's not our, the best use of our time either. So if we can find a, a freelance expert who can do those things for us, mm. not only does it free up the mental capacity, like you said a moment ago, but it also frees us up to do more billable work, to make more money, to drive the business forward. Yeah, which is ultimately exactly what we're here as, as business owners to do. Yeah. And and you're absolutely right there as well. It's it's and I was I was slightly viewing it like that. I was viewing it as a cost rather than actually saying, well, no, it will not just be a cost because all these things will be taken off my hands. And yes, with a VA, um, I, I didn't have to sit down and explain as much as I thought I was going to. And I think that's what put me off as well. I thought, oh, I'm gonna have to explain every single step in doing this. And I hadn't appreciated that they, these guys have done this before for years. They're actually experts in admin and, and a lot of these things that I was asking them to do. And I'd done the sensible thing. I'd hired the right person for, for the job that I was doing. I'd been quite specific. I'd you know, essentially created a job role and gone out and looked for the right VA to, to match that role, which is how I ended up with two. Um, and I think that's the thing as well. You can't just go out and go, I need a VA. You need an idea of what it is that you're going to do. So from that point of view then, what in terms of, if you were going to be, if someone, if a salon owner 
was thinking, well, actually, I do have some tasks that I, I could do with help with. What's, uh, what's a good way of going out and actually finding the right VA or what process should someone go through to, to start that off? I love that you've asked this question, Adam, because <laughs> so many people get this 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 part wrong and it's so easy to get right. So the first thing to do is consider all of those tasks that you don't like doing, you're not good at, all of that stuff and write them down. Then have a think about what type of skills does this person need? So for instance, there are VAs out there who can do bookkeeping, for instance, mm-hmm. Um, you might, like I said earlier, the, the social media graphics, you might need somebody to be familiar with Canva. You might need, I don't know, PowerPoint presentations, say, you know, or telephone handling. Now, those different tasks require different skill sets and potentially different freelancers as well. So, for instance, with the telephone handling, a VA is only going to be at the desk for a certain amount of time. And you're only contracting um, them for a small fraction of that time. So you can't divert your calls to them all day and hope that they pick up because they're not being compensated fairly for the amount of time they're making themselves available to you. So in that instance, it's better off going to a proper call handling company. If you need, you know, a bookkeeper, come graphic designer, come, you know, all of these different skills, like you said earlier, Adam, you might need two different VAs because they might have complementary skill sets. And when people think that they can have all of those wonderful skills in the one person, it's a great idea, but I like to call it a unicorn yep. VA because it, it they're, they're rare, they're very, very hard to find, and you are much likely, much more likely to find somebody quickly if you split those two roles up. So I'd be interested to to find out, Adam, what was the reason for you choosing two people? Was it because of their complementary skill sets? Hi, Adam here. I'm just interrupting the show today to tell you about today's sponsor, me, or more precisely, my program, the Beauty Client Accumulator. Now, the number one thing I hear beauty business owners want for their business more than anything is more clients. And that's exactly what the Beauty Client Accumulator will do. However, with one key difference, I'll show you not only how to get more clients, but how to get better clients, specifically the right clients for your business. Now, why does that even matter? Well, the right clients won't cancel on you at the last minute. The right clients won't fail to show for their appointments. The right clients will come to you regularly for multiple treatments. They'll value what you do. They'll purchase your product recommendations and they'll even recommend you to their friends. Now you want the right clients, don't you? Well, that's exactly what the Beauty Client Accumulator does. It delivers you more of the right clients for your beauty business, meaning you make more money for less work. And what's more is I guarantee you the results. If you join the program, if you follow it and you're still not seeing huge results within just 90 days, I'll either work with you personally until you do, or I'll give you all your money back. Sound fair? If you're just starting out, if you're recently opened, if you don't have enough clients or you've got clients, but you aren't making the money you need, come and join the Beauty Client Accumulator. Simply go to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash clients for more information. Now, back to today's episode. A little bit, yeah. It was, uh, so so I, I very much took this role on of, I knew I wanted to hire someone full-time. I'd, I'd kind of got it through my head that I was like, right, I just need someone to, to, to be there and be able to support me when I'm working. Um, so I did that. I wrote down the, the task that I could that I'm not an expert in and didn't necessarily need to be done by me. And there was quite a lot of them once I started. And I, I kind of did go out there trying to find a little bit of a unicorn. Um, 
and I, and I created a job advert and I put it out there and I had loads of responses and I decided that I was very much going to look to hire this person as an, as an independent contractor, but I wanted to treat them as much like an employee. I wanted them to know that this wasn't something that I was just, you know, going to give a try for, for a month. I wanted someone who was going to help me grow the company. Um, so I wanted someone who was going to, you know, be willing to take on new skills as well. So I created the job advert and a load of people, um, came through. I then had an actual interview process, um, all of this done remotely. Um, and through that interview process, t- t- there was actually three people really shined out at the end. And I was like, well, I'm not sure about which one to go with. So I created a task, um, like a three-day task that I gave to all of them to do. Um, and it was essentially, it was, it was creating a, a, like a flyer or a, a leaflet that I would be able to give to someone who'd never heard of me and what I did and anything like that. So I wanted them to actually take all of my stuff from both of my websites and create a, you know, this is what Adam does flyer. Um, And what was really interesting is one of them created a really nice kind of threefold, well-designed thing in Canva and it was beautiful and everything. And the other one did a video. And I suddenly thought, well, actually, one big thing about what I do is the podcast and could do with loads of editing help and creative on that. But the other thing I need is more of an admin person who's going to, you know, be the detail person who's going to get things done on time. And that clearly shined through as their two strengths. And I was like, well, actually, these, these, are, these are more things than I thought I could get off my plate. And if I can just have this all done for me, and even if it means hiring two separate people to do it. So it was great. And I still got them today. And that was, we're actually coming up on three years that I've had them. So, oh, wow. That's amazing. Um, so it's amazing. Yeah. And, and we catch up every couple of days and we're always on Messenger together and stuff. And it's, it's the amount of stuff it's freed up from my time has just been incredible. It really? Yeah. Is. And I think you've gone into that with a brilliant attitude because you've gone in and thought, okay, this isn't just a one-off thing. I'm ready to grow my business with the right team in place. I'm ready to invest time, effort, money, energy into making this a success. And three years on, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I, if I didn't have them now, I, there's no way I could get done anywhere near the amount of stuff. So if you've seen any of my social media, that's pretty much all hands off. I just review it and, and say, yeah, that's, that's on message and it just gets done. Um, so it's, it's incredibly freeing the amount of the amount of time it can free up. So, so that was how I kind of went about finding one. So what, what other tips would you have? I think it comes back to what you said about, uh, said before about being really specific. So what is it that you need in terms of skills? Are there particular software systems that they need access to? If you need them to do bookkeeping, make sure you put that in your job ad and put it on social media as well. Because the caveat with bookkeeping is that they may need to be registered for anti-money laundering in order to do that role for you. So um, there's just a bit of due diligence to to do there. Um, If you have any idea of how much time you might need, put that in the advert as well, because you don't want to have a VA for, say, five hours a month this month, but next month you want to crank it up to 20 if they've only ever got the capacity to do five. Mm -hmm. So you want to have somebody who could potentially grow with the role if that's what you have in mind. Yep. Now we've spoken about VAs working virtually and remotely, and yep, that is absolutely true. But some people are based in the same location. Maybe you do have a preference for somebody to be in the local area. So if that's important to you, pop that on the on the advert as well. So be as, as specific as you can. Um, and then I would put it on social media and ask for recommendations uh, from friends or family or from other people. But make sure that you're making the advert so clear 
that only people who can do the role well will actually apply. So this is where I mentioned about things going wrong, where people on social media will go, hey, I need a VA, any recommendations? And suddenly they get inundated with direct messages, phone calls, contact forms on the website. You know, they're just bombarded from every which way because there hasn't been enough specificity in the actual advert itself. So, yeah, definitely do that. Cool. Um, and so, so that's what I was going to say next was where, where, where do you actually go and look for a VA? Where's the best place to start? So you'd say recommendations on social, is yeah. there anywhere else kind of, is there sort of a, a VA marketplace or anything like that that people can go? Oh, uh, that's a good question. I'm sure there are online. Um, if I find anybody anywhere, maybe we can link to that in the show notes. Um, yeah. but I would go with social media and firsthand recommendations. You know, it, I, I know we spoke earlier on in the show about VAs being a relatively new term to some of the people that you've spoken with, mm-hmm. but I'm, I bet you'd be surprised if you start asking around how many people could make a first-hand recommendation. Yeah, no, I imagine that's the case. So in terms of what to pay then, um, now, I know this is a, a very difficult question because um, there's different rates of pay all over the world. What's how would you recommend people approach that when they're initially talking to someone about being a VA? Sure. I think it really does depend on where the VA is based because that's going to have a huge impact on how much they're charging. So mm-hmm. here in the UK, the average is from around £27 an hour. So okay. yes, in comparison to an employee's hourly rate, that is high, you could yep. say, but the VA is also buying all their own equipment. They're paying for their own holiday pay. They're paying their own sick pay, mm-hmm. pension, equipment, insurance, all of that stuff. So that's all rolled up into that particular rate. Obviously, if you go um, for an offshore VA, then the pricing is going to be completely different. But again, mm-hmm. it depends on um, what you need from that person. So quite often, you need some kind of geographical knowledge or insight or fantastic, um, you know, written and verbal English skills in order to do that role well, in which case you might be better off with a UK-based VA. If it's other tasks, you might be better off with somebody elsewhere who is charging a slightly different rate structure. And also what they're doing as well, because like you said, if if we're talking about local businesses, salons, that kind of thing... um, you know, I imagine, and, and you're ha- having someone sort of maybe speak to clients and rearrange appointments, knowing roughly, you know, where's nearby and where's 50 miles away is probably a useful thing. Whereas if someone's just doing your social media yeah. um, images, they don't need that. So they could be someone further away. And 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 that is another thing as well, that, that as much as I think it's it, a lot of the time, it can be really useful to have someone based in, say, at least in the same country as you. Um you know, there are also equally benefits for, for having someone offshore. Both of my VAs are, are offshore VAs. Um, and there are, there are lots of, you know, worldly benefits for having that as well in terms of different outside insights and approaches to doing things as well. Um, one of the things I will say as well is, because uh, you mentioned about software systems, and the, the, there is an investment in time to, to teach people that your way of doing things. But do you remember that you can actually leverage their time to learn things as well. So just as I took on my VAs, we uh, I switched over to a whole new um, uh, email management system. And I was busy doing things. I was like, I don't have the time to learn all of this myself and then teach it to someone else. So one of the first tasks was, here's the new EMS system that we've got. Here's the login to all of the uh, training videos on it. Can you learn it 
and then I will just tell you what I need to do and then you can go and find out how to actually do it. So, so I essentially paid them to learn something that I didn't have the time to learn for myself. Yeah, perfect. And I think that comes back to that mindset where you're, you're making these decisions based on logic. So logic is your time is worth more than their time. So from that perspective, it's an investment getting them to do that bit on your behalf. Yep. Yeah. And then, and what's also funny is the, uh, the amount of other things I've since found to pass on to them as well. It sounds like I'm just trying to get rid of all my work, but um, it's, it, it's incredible. So I've, I've recently, um, like I've purchased courses, online courses, and I'm like, I don't, this is, this, there's some useful information in here, I'm sure that can help my business, but I ha- don't have the time to sit and go through this all myself. So I've had my team go through the course and then give me like a review because they know enough about my business and what we're doing to know what's going to be useful and what's not. You know, so that's another thing that you can do as well. You can actually, again, leverage their time and use them to do things that you'd like to do, but don't have the time or don't have the interest to do, but you want to get the benefit from. So there's, it really is, it, once you get into the world of, of VAs, I think the, the more you will see that they can do and can help you your business. Yeah, definitely. And I think they can, your VAs can only do that because you've invested that time into them and because you are three years three yeah. years in now as well. Yeah, no, but that's great. So, so moving on from the, the VA then, so is there a sort of a trigger point? Is there a tipping point to know where um, potentially you're looking more for an online business manager than you are for a VA? I think that's a good question because if you're completely new to outsourcing, and you're used to doing all of the doing on your own, and maybe you don't have written processes or things in place, the first thing that you need to do is get all of that stuff out of your head. Mm-hmm. So it might be better to start off with working small with a virtual assistant so that you can build up that trust. You can start finding a groove with working with a remote team and so that they can, the VA can come in and use their expertise to put some systems in place. So for instance, what I mean by that is, It's really hard to manage tasks as a VA if you're getting WhatsApp messages or text messages. And the reason for that is because there's no way to process a text message or a WhatsApp. Whereas the VA might say, okay, you know, we need to be smarter about how we're assigning tasks. Maybe we're going to use a task management system. So that's where you'd have a shared um, program like Asana or Todoist or or Trello, something really simple. But it's a, a system where you both have access and you're assigning tasks through that one system. So it's almost like a central repository for tasks and what what's on people's plate at any one time. Um So I would say start off with a VA and when you've got a feel for that and you're thinking, okay, this is great. I've leveraged as much time as I can through the VA. Now I'm thinking about scaling my business a bit more. You know, I want to hire more team members or I want to go bigger. Then that would be a good place for an OBM to, or to start having conversations about having an OBM on the team. Love it. Brilliant. And you just actually brought up something else that I thought there as well. If you go with someone who's been a VA for a period of time, um, also remember that they've probably come across some of the challenges of working with a VA and solved them already. I, I've lost track of the amount of times where I've gone, I've got this annoying problem with my email and I don't know how to do it. And they've gone, oh, well, we did this with another person and this is how we solved it. And I'm like, brilliant. Thanks very much. So um, so there's the, there are all of these kind of side benefits of, of working with a VA. Now, kind of flipping this on its head, we did talk about this as well. Now, obviously the beauty industry has been through an incredibly tough time over the last few months. And there's no toys about it. A lot of the businesses, a lot of the business owners will have found it really tough and just may not have been able to keep 
keep things going. And whilst this podcast is obviously about the beauty industry and I would never want to encourage anyone away from it, you know, it, do you think there's an opportunity now, given the amount of um, working from home that's going on, you know, is there an opportunity potentially for someone who's been a business owner or someone who struggled to maybe move into doing a VA role as either a method of diversification or a new career path? I think, yes, as long as they have the relevant skills for the service that they're offering. So, for instance, if you have strong um, executive assistant skills or um, um, personal assistant skills, maybe that's what you did before, then, yeah, it makes um, makes absolute sense. If you're not great at organization and you're not great at planning, it might not be the best career move because it's not a case of you just decide you're going to do this on the side and then that's it. There's an investment side with it as well. So you would have to buy contracts. You would have to buy a data processing agreement. You would have to register with the information commissioner's office. So there are setup costs associated with it that would have to be weighed up to determine whether it's a viable business venture now or whether it's got any longevity with it as well. So it's not a yes and it's not a no. <laughs> it's one of those really horrible, it depends answers. Yeah. It's it's one of those things I think that that is done right. It, it is a genuine, just like setting up any other business. Um, as much as it sort of can possibly seem like something, oh, I can just do it as a bit of a side hustle. It's it, to do it properly um, is a genuine business, you know, business opportunity, business plan should be put in place and all these kind of things. But, but I, as much as anything... I, I I almost want to wake people up to the the knowledge that that VAs and OBMs exist and can help your business. But equally, to the right person, this is a new and emerging um, career opportunity that that has some level of flexibility involved in it. Yeah, absolutely. And there's no reason why the two couldn't be done side by side if you're willing to make those investments for the startup costs initially. Probably, what I would say is if you are listening to this and you have got time on your hands right now, I would plow all of that into marketing, learning, training, like get involved in Adam's challenges and everything. Because the more you can do now to lay those strong foundations for um, the future, the, the better. Yeah. And do you think do you think VAs and OBMs, do you think this is a growing market? Do you think we're going to see more and more of this? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Because I think people, particularly with everything that's going on in the world now, people are more open to the idea of virtual teams and remote working like that's not so weird anymore no having a part-time or freelance admin person might be a bit quirky but it is a proven business model it is absolutely working and if i look to the us where they're a couple of years ahead of us both in terms of the va industry and the obm industry mm-hmm. it's working like a charm over there so it, it's it makes sense that that we're following that same uphill path yeah, I do love the fact that everyone in the world now has at least heard of or experienced one Zoom call. And yes. yet you and I have been, it's like second nature to us. We've been using this for years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, how has somebody just gone to uh, on a Zoom call and gone to the toilet and not realised that their video is still on? How does this even happen? I know, fortunately that's never happened to me. Although I did, I did have, I did a, a coaching session once a few months ago. This was before lockdown when, when I think Zoom was still, you know, unheard of to a lot of people. And someone did show up to an evening coaching call um, in in a small group, I think there was about eight of us, but in you know full on face mask um, and everything. And I just don't think she intentionally realised that she was on video with eight other people. But never mind. At least it wasn't going to the toilet. 
<laughs> Excellent. Okay. Um, is there any other things that, that we've not talked about that you think is important to to sort of put across about either thinking of hiring a VA or, or considering the process or looking into it in a bit more detail? Covered everything. I think the main points would be, you know, if it's if you're doing something and you're like, do you know what? I hate doing this task. Why am I even doing it? Or I'm not going to do this task. I'm going to put it to the bottom of my to-do list again. Then it may, it just makes sense to outsource it. And I think when you're trading time for money, you need to leverage other people's skills, expertise, and time as much as you can so that you're, you know, when you're already capping your earning potential based on how many hours you're working, it just makes sense to outsource other stuff to other people. Um, and when your zone of genius, you know, when you're, thing that you do best is serving your clients then you know let another expert do all those other bits behind the scenes yeah absolutely now victoria thank you so much for your insight on this i really really appreciate it if if anyone wants to find out a little bit more about you or potentially is is or know someone in a va role that that's wanting to level up to that obm where can people kind of track you down and, and find out more about you and what you're up to yeah, my website is victoriatretis.co.uk and it's Victoria Tretis on all the usual social media handles as well. Amazing. And you have a podcast as well. I do. I do. It's from virtual assistant to online business manager. So it's specifically for virtual assistants who have been in business a while mm-hmm. and they're looking for that next step in their own career progression. So yeah, super exciting. Amazing. Well, thank you again for being here. I really, really appreciate it. Hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I'll speak to you again very soon. Cool. Thank you. So what do you reckon? Something to really think about, isn't it? Now, I love bringing you slightly different episodes to get you thinking, whether it's having you go out and hire your own VA, whether it's going to the next stage and hiring an online business manager, whether it's even something that you might be interested in for someone you know. I'm so very appreciative for you being here and thankful that I can help you. Now, speaking of helping, I'd like to invite you along to a special free online training that I'm holding to get you back on your feet again in your business as quickly as possible. Now, if you want some instant results to make your business the success that it needs to be, then let me pull back the curtain on three success secrets that you'll find in place at the most successful beauty businesses all over the world. And the great bit is that they're not actually that hard to put in place in your beauty business once you understand them. Now, what's more is that right now I'm presenting this training live so you can come along, you can get the knowledge, you can get all the takeaways and you can even ask me your questions to make sure you fully understand everything. And I'll do my very best to answer them. Now, all you need to do is go to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash secrets and all the information you need is right there. Okay, that's it for the show this week. Till next time, take care, keep safe, stay positive and I will be back with you very, very soon.